0: Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. What's good, y'all. Uh, Last night, Monday Night Raw, very enjoyable show. I wouldn't say it flew by. I would say that uh, all of the segments were filled in, and it, you know, it felt like a three-hour show, but it wasn't uh, very difficult to watch. So we opened up. I actually uh, had. Small uh, technical difficulties with the cable box side. I don't right? you know, understand what we having. It's alright though because when CBU came back on, Triple H was in the ring and out came the Beast Slayer, the Universal Champion, Seth freaking Rollins. They cut their quick promo with each other, you know, just shouting each other out and, you know, paying the respect and doing the handshake thing because they were happy and proud for each other and all of that. And, uh, you know, I think Seth X, Triple H, who, uh, what's next? You know, we know everybody wants to fight, and this brought out everybody. Now, people were saying that it was, uh, quote-unquote lazy booking. I'm, you know, I mean, it was definitely the standard way of, uh, you know, having everyone to insert themselves into, you know, the... Well, attempt to insert themselves into the title picture But in my my opinion I think this is WWE's way of just trying to show Everybody that we can look forward to seeing As main event players in the coming weeks You know, now that we're uh, past I'm assuming uh, Past the Superstar Shake-Up Things could shift around, you know We still have SmackDown Live tonight So we'll find out um, You know, if anything else has... uh, Changed as far as the Raw and SmackDown rosters are going, we know we've got some news with Andrade uh, reportedly uh, going back over to SmackDown Live. I thought it was a little crazy with the Shields uh, last chapter on Sunday. We I know that Andrade was promoted to take on Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. And I said that didn't make much sense if Finn... I mean, if uh, if Finn is on SmackDown and Andrade's moved over to Raw, and it was, you know, such a big thing with him last week beating Finn. So, I mean, if he was on Raw, how would they be going at it for the Intercontinental Championship if it was also reported that Samoa Joe is... uh, You know, though at the time he was ill... And luckily, he's better now. He was still being slotted to Raw since the Intercontinental Championship was on SmackDown. Man, look, I say this is just stuff that, you know, it's just fun talking points. And I, I, I think that everybody should, uh, you know, you know, just it's fun. It's fun to think about things like this. You know, like what, what, what what's going to happen next? What's what it is? What's really happens? What are they going to do? Like, how are they going to make the decision? And now uh, it's how are they going to explain the, uh, you know, the Andrade moving back to SmackDown thing inside of the storyline, outside of storyline. I mean, look, Andrade is totally, you know, uh, I think and I was saying this myself when I heard last night, but I think that Andrade could totally be a face of the Latin community. You know, as far as uh, the wrestling niche goes, or the sports entertainment niche goes, if they're going over to Fox, they got Fox Sports One. They have a, you know, a Latin, uh, you know, audience. So I think Andrade, with all of his skills, especially most recently displayed against, Ray, well, in his matches against Rey Mysterio, even on kickoff shows, he's a, he's a great look for whatever Fox is trying to get at, you know, or whatever demographic they're looking for. So. You know, I, I think it I think it's a good call. I think it works. I think it's a perfect idea really. Because Andrade is uh you know, like I said, he's very talented and then Vega Lena Vegas to talk for him. So it's a you know, it's a one-two package, one two punch with both of them. I like that. But either way, all six superstars come on out. We know how to swim already. We had the Miz, we had Samoa Joe, we had uh excuse me. We had Baron Corbin, we had Drew McIntyre, we had Rey Mysterio, and of course, we have the phenomenal AJ Styles, which I'm still, you know, getting accustomed to or being on Raw, like, whoa, how awesome is that, you know? And AJ's the one that said it himself a long time ago on Talking Smack. SmackDown makes him, Raw takes him. SmackDown makes him big stars, and then. Raw goes and gets them, So then they could fill in Some of that three hour time slot Which I think everybody Was showcased well And that was really what I was trying I think that was what I was trying to get at I think that everybody there Was everybody that was uh, on TV uh, I, it, it was good You know And everybody was taking advantage Of the opportunity to be on TV You know even down to And this is no No, no, no knock but this is even down to Alicia Fox looking uh, crazy enough. Some people would criticize her in-ring work. I thought the match with Becky was all right, but we'll get into that. So this, tur- so this, you know, bunch of men in the ring. What is? I think eight people now in the ring, superstars wise. All of them. Well, six of them are vying for the Universal Championship. Everybody says their piece, and this turns into two triple threat matches. I'm not even about to try to get into, oh, it was promoted on social media, and then they had, they were in the ring, and they acted as if they didn't already know, and blah, blah, blah. Look, man, it's just fine. They have to explain it somehow on television. The Everybody in the crowd isn't. Social media savvy, or all, all over, the you know, trying to see exactly what's gonna happen and predict whatever. Some people are just there to enjoy the show, and these triple threat matches have to make sense somehow, and they did. So the first one we got was AJ uh Joe and Ray going at it. Ray and Joe went at it before. And, you know, back in the old days, I'm pretty sure AJ and Samoa Joe going at it. Whatever. But in WWE, where it matters, these guys go at it. Real fun match. Couple moments I couldn't see because of the joys of fatherhood. But I did get to see the ending sequence of the match, which saw AJ Styles... Uh, hit a power bomb on uh, Ray Mysterio that was going for the six one nine, or one of those moves from the springboard on top. Didn't quite get it. Uh, AJ hit the power bomb and then went for the Styles Clash. He hit a power bomb while Joey was out off of the six one nine, so he threw a ray right on Joe and then hit the uh, Styles Clash. Or Orton Ray Wild Joe was laid out. So man, that was that was phenomenal. It's great. It, it's an example of what happens when we get the new matches and the new faces and the new era of Monday Night Raw. So I really enjoyed that match. AJ picked up the victory. Who's gonna pick? Who's gonna go against? Whoever wins the second Triple Threat match later on tonight. On the show, and then they'll wait so they'll go at it, and the winner will take on Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank, streaming live on WWE Network. So I'm um I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far, and that segment was it. It did exactly what it was supposed to do, and then we got an awesome triple threat match out of it right after the fact. So why not? I'm I like it. I'm not mad at it at all. Alright, glow Cause Naomi goes at it with uh, Billy K next, you know, one half women's tag team champions. I kinda just got a cool promo. They came out and, you know, they did think thing. Now I'm 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 alright with it. I think the the silliness brings a little bit of uh, prestige to the tag team championships because they quote unquote aren't being taken serious. You know, that's a way to look at it. I like, um... I like, you know, just... The way uh Peyton was jumping around with it when they first came out, when they got to the ring. You know, the promo was... It was fine. You know, they... they I guess, you know, the Coachella thing and Ariana Grande thing, whatever. But I think people like to listen to them. And we'll get into another women's superstar that I can tell people are gonna wanna listen to uh, in time. But... Naomi and uh, Billy Kay went at it. Cool match, very fairly physical. Uh, Naomi was able to pick up the victory, which was so necessary. And I think this puts her in a, you know, spot as Dana Brooke takes one step forward in the line, but it puts Naomi in a cool spot on the raw women in the Royal women's division. And man, I'm just um, I'm I'm excited to see how how well she'll continue to you know grow and be able to bring that energy to the women's division as a whole so uh you know it's picked up the win over billy k tag team champions are losing in singles comp i think just to have singles comp with the tag team champions is fine well with the women's tag team champions like even with the you know regular male tag champs but i mean everybody needs a, you know tv time in a slot or whatever but i think last night's role was mainly about uh you know just character development. I I wouldn't even be opposed to another one just like that, but I I I'm I wouldn't I you know just I wouldn't say do it like that just whatever just you know just too much would be um you know with just the complaints. I guess that was just a bad take there, but all in all Billy K took uh, had to take that L from Naomi, but You know, neither one of them looked bad. You know, I think the women's tag team championships now, women with these these girls having them, they're going to just want them more because it's not, they almost can't take it serious. And I'm not, I take it serious. You know, I think they're very well in ring. But, you know, the major consensus is going to be pissed off that they're champs. But they are popular, in my opinion. So, uh, that's that. Nice match, cool segment. And uh, let's get into the next one. All right, Baron Corbin, The Miz, and Drew McIntyre go at it next. Triple threat. winner goes to see AJ Styles later on in the evening for the number one contender slot. or not, Well, yeah, for the money in the bank slot against Seth Rollins. So, go at it. Cool match. In this sequence, saw Drew McIntyre land the Claymore on The Miz. And then you get Baron Corbin tossing Drew McIntyre out. They've been teasing dissension between the two for a while now. Uh, you know, I don't know if they could get an actual match out of it. I think they're going to do it, but maybe it'll just be like a, you know, blow off uh, rivalry and a beat down. I don't know. Maybe we could get a match out of it. But, you know, either way, the fans totally dislike Corbin. And, uh... I think they got a it's a little bit of sympathy for Drew. Will Drew continue to be a heel if he feuds or has a rivalry with Corbin, that remains to be seen. I mean, we've seen a lot of face uh versus face matches, you know, like not not over, not not like, you know, not poured on too thick, but I think um a heel versus heel match like I can't really think of one recently. Maybe I'm bugging, but I think uh I think it would maybe it could work between you know Corbin and McIntyre, but it would really be getting McIntyre you know in a you know a babyface spot in a way, you know, seemingly just listening to you know the energy of the crowd reacting to him. But either way, Baron Corbin picked up the victory. Now, I had thoughts on this and I think it makes perfect sense. Now, we on now, okay again, Baron Corbin picks up the victory, so he's going up against AJ Styles, we're gonna get to the main event right now, AJ Styles won, and we are going to get AJ versus Seth at Money in the Bank, I think WWE coming into the new era, and, you know, giving us something big with this match, right after WrestleMania, you know, it's, You know, maybe a sign of things to come with such a huge main event. Like, that's – and Seth and AJ is something that everybody's been talking about seeing since last week. But just the conversation has been just – it's been out of this world with how everyone wants to see Seth versus AJ. Seth versus AJ. So, that's the very first thing we're going to get. And, I mean, to go through Baron Corbin, I think he's – a. He's a player on Raw, so that's that was perfect to be able to have him, you know, essentially solidified as a main event player now. Taking on AJ Styles and giving him a great fight. All of, everybody hit their big moves, cool stories told. AJ was already a bit banged up from the match beforehand, and uh, Baron Corbin he he looked good. So I, I'm not I don't and we wouldn't really want to see Baron Corbin versus AJ Styles at you know, a pay-per-view or a large event, you know, like that's just, you know, we want to see the highest caliber matches, so we, we've we already gotten enough, as far as Raw is concerned, you know, on the night with all of the cool things that happen in the, you know, funny spots and segments, and hey, new Bray, that's huge, but we'll get into it, you know, so are we really going to go ahead, are they going to waste a uh, Super big matchup Like Drew McIntyre And AJ Styles On You know Monday Night Raw Nah man And take nothing away from You know The flagship show But come on man We can't They they can't give it all away Too fast So All in all I thought that was all A good segment And it led into Being able to have us know In the WWE Universe That you know They're gonna give us AJ versus Seth right on time <laughs> you know directly after Mania starting off with with a bang so a good segment good matches and uh, let's get into the next one alright Sami Zayn comes out tells everybody in the crowd that they've created the toxic environment you know and he's gonna be the one to let them know constantly or as he sees fit at least you know that they're the reason why all of this is happening. I think that it's really uh, raising a good conversation with WWE. I think that the fans right now are very entitled acting and don't know what they want. I think that's really the best way to say that. I think that a lot of the critics... And, well, I'll say wannabe critics because I critique the product, but I do so from a positive space knowing that everything that's already taking place in the ring is more than likely somebody giving 100% themselves. So I wouldn't dare say, oh, that sucked. You know, like they're going out there and doing something that they love to do. So I might you know, just want to add on, but most people, and I could see most fans in the WWE universe are just trying to make themselves feel better about them. And they get that feeling by talking down on somebody giving 100% of themselves because well, if they were given 100% of themselves, they'd be able to do it better, right? In the WWE universe. But hey, hey, now look, I, I'm starting to sound like Sami Zayn. I don't, <laughs> let me be quiet about that. But all in all, that was pretty much the feeling that Sami Zayn's promo gave off. And it's been like that for a while now which, with his return after the 10 months off. And, you know, he showed a bunch of his, uh, photos on vacation while he was off when I, well, yeah, he was on vacation and, you know, you get to see the sights. you do some soul searching and you find yourself and, you know, you really grow as an individual, you know, as a being on this plane, but whatever, right? That's, that's totally not WWE-esque and he came back and was very depressed, quote unquote. So now to have to deal with the, you know, the WWE Universe and, you know, just the, the, the travel situation or whatever else I'm sure he has to complain about. As a heel, the crowd ate it up. They loved it. I think that it it's starting to really massage in the idea that the WWE Universe and the WWE have to sync up more with how they're communicating. I think personally that the WWE is right now in the new era, at least showing that they're willing to listen and make changes that can fit and make sense with the product. I think that, like it's they like they're doing what's best for business and quote unquote. If the WWE fans or the WWE universe are the lifeblood, you know, of the business, then guess what they're going to listen and if you're willing to speak I guess nicely you know or, and you know what you're saying then there's a chance that you might be able to see some of these changes take place and we'll get into one of those in a moment but I think Sami Zayn is on the total front lines of having this conversation with uh the WWE universe and uh, hopefully we can start seeing in the comments, you know, uh, something different outside of, you know, just uh, negative critiques and insults. But let's let, we'll, we'll, that remains to be seen. Let's get into the next segment. All right, Cedric Alexander and Cesaro went at it. Man, oh man, it was exciting to see Cedric Alexander on Raw and it, first of all get well shamus, but it was very exciting to see Cesaro in singles capacity. I'm a huge fan of the bar, but to be but to see Cesaro get to try to show and prove his skills as one of the hardest workers in the ring and one of the most powerful men in W well superstars in WWE, you know, I I I'm I was I was excited to see just the you know, just the the, the the clash of skills, you know, just the two of them go at it from a, you know, just from an in-ring competitive standpoint. And I guess that was what took place. So they went at it. Uh, Cesaro was Cesaro. You know, it, it's a transition from 205 where they have longer matches to, you know, Monday Night Raw on TV where it's clear that the matches are on a certain time. So it's a certain time limit. So they're going at it. And both of them were able to get some real good moves off. Cesaro uh, got the victory on Cedric when he went for, I guess, some sort of springboard clothesline or something like that. But uh, Cesaro, uh, he uh, intercepted it with a uh, European uppercut. And that was the three. Uh, I mean, is that Cesaro's finishing maneuver? We've seen him do some damage with that european uppercut so it makes sense you know but if we and this is all the respectful critique to the swiss superman you know it's like if we gonna have a, a finishing maneuver like i know he got the neutralizer and stuff like that but i mean the the uppercut for the three you know okay maybe the more i think about it the more it makes sense like cesaro is you know uh, conditioned and trained superstar on the main roster cedric alexander just came from the cruiserweight division so you know just to hit it, it it shocked him and overwhelmed him so now he can get more so acclimated and no you know he's not it's not the same as down in 205 live and i get that that's that, that's fine. That makes sense. So maybe uh, it wasn't a critique. And you see, I caught myself. I think some people in the WWE universe, some fans, they don't know how to, you know, recognize if they were wrong and then say, all right, my bad, I was wrong, and and try to fix that and move forward with it like a an idea of redemption. But, I mean, they're spending their hard-earned money, right? So if uh, they want to say things, then let them say it? That's... That's crazy. There's gotta be a line to draw somewhere. It gotta be. Either way, Cesaro and Cedric Alexander had a real cool match. Welcome to Monday Night Raw, Cedric Alexander. The land of the Giants is not a game. Uh and shouts to Cesaro for picking up the victory there. I think he needed that. I think he definitely needed that victory. It um it it's it, it's you know, solidifies him. Maybe they'll get a rivalry, maybe they won't. We'll figure out uh, how it all plays out. But maybe we can get Cesaro in the ring with someone else next week. You know, just change things up or how it works. I know we cut to a, a promo backstage between... Um... Hold on. Give me one second, please. Yeah, cut backstage. It was a Uso promo. Real cool to see them. They uh, getting high praises as uh, arguably one of the best tag teams in the world right now. And, um, man, just a small bit for you. Anytime I say in the world, I honestly can't help but think about my man Shane McMahon, the true best in the world. But anyway, um, Uso's come out with a cool promo. Uh, well, they in the back cool promo, Charlie Caruso interview segment. And, uh, you know, they broke down all of the tag teams, you know, just told them that they've been been ready went through every single one of them a good spot and it actually led, well brought the revival on so uh, you know they had they talks things got a little serious hold on, talked about the DUI that was what I was trying to recall of all of the things it was just nice that, well I don't I wouldn't say you know the happening but I would say just you know being able to try to make light of, you know, small mis- well, imperfections and mistakes that are made, you know, like the look that Ous gave Ous, you know, as being his brother and, you know, running roadmate and partner, you know, it's hilarious. So, you know, the entire WWE Universe could really feel that one. They cut to uh, the crowd, and, you know, that's one of my favorite spots on screen or whatever. But it's, uh, you know, they showed the crowd looking up like, Ah, we got that one. That was funny. You know, so that was just a small piece of comedy. You know, these guys are doing the face thing. And, I mean, it's funny because them, since they said this, and I believe it was a long time ago on talking smack that's right long live talking smack i believe that uh the usos spoke on being a, a change coming and they were gonna have an entire um you know overhaul in their character none of us knew what was coming but man oh man what these guys have turned into it i guess what being like the wardens of their own like hall of pain or penitentiary if you will like it's it's a uh, it's fitting you know, they, these guys bought brought back Air Force Ones, <laughs> you know, and made them cool and added the super kick element to them for real. You know, talk about schoolyard wrestling, you know, coming from where I'm from. <laughs> but it's, uh, it was a good segment. Led into the awesome, you know, stared down and intense moment between them and the revival. So it's, uh... A good matchup that is going to be set up between those two. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Lucha House Party in action next. Shouts to Kalisto, Grand Metalik, and Lince Dorado, the total staples, you know, in the cruiserweight division, and you know, just the, the way those three all came together it's organically. Also, it's uh, you know always fun to see them on TV. Not. Like a loss can hurt them too. Well, not like a loss can hurt them too much. Too many losses can definitely make them into a serious joke team. And I think right now they're on the fine balance of a team that can be taken serious. And also, you know, a team that likes having fun and stuff like that. They're they're trusted to open up the show and get the crowd into the you know, into the wrestling or the lucha spirit, you know, the sports entertainment spirit, you know, and they're, they're just a really good act. You know, all three of them together I really enjoy seeing on TV. You know, it just, it takes you back to a younger time when, you know, you really, really saw the action figure in these guys. And yeah, that's uh them. So, they took on the Viking Raiders, and I don't want Pardon my French. Pardon my French. I don't want to hear shit. WWE is listening. And they're they're willing to work with anybody that knows how to use their voice properly. So stop complaining. I mean, you know, I can't tell people what to do. And maybe you should take into account that WWE has... Uh, effectively made another name change 7 days after the reception that they got I think that the name is just fine we could have got this last week but hey they the the Viking Raiders are trending well they were trending after uh the new name was revealed everybody's talking about it and that is just a good look for the tag team awesome Awesome spots in that beatdown because it was scheduled to be a match, but the bell never rang because you know they ran up on them and just went crazy. That you know, there's a little something to that. I think, I think maybe if they just keep that going, and yes, they would have to have an authority figure come out like, Look, man, you guys can't just be beating up everybody, you gotta control the rage. Hmm, that that could be something could be something i don't want to say somebody civilizes the viking raiders but i mean you know they're definitely a devastating tag team very destructive so this could be you know it could be i see i see a good one with them in aop that i think about it a little bit you know but all in all a good moment good spot from all of them uh good 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 tv you know good beat down you know it puts these guys on the map it doesn't make them look like a joke i always i personally said it last week just seeing the in-ring tech i could tell that the name wasn't going to make these guys so you know it's good that the name was changed and it's good that they're all, you know, you know, looking the way they're looking. I believe their finishing maneuver is called the Viking Experience, though, which is highly acceptable. So come on now, we we getting exactly what we're asking for in so many tenses, in, and that's a good, good look from WWE. So uh, they look strong. Uh, Lucha House Party doesn't look any any less to me. Any less, they don't look you no know, worse. I think it's. Uh, you know, the the, the height that Lindsay Dorado got on that, what, last maneuver they did. Oh, man, that, man, he had to be at least, what, maybe eight, nine feet. I'd go 10 feet max in the air, in the sky, and then came down with the momentum and fell down. Oh, it was beautiful, man. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. So, uh, that was that. Becky Lynch comes out. Cuts her promo, you know, being the champ. Talking about how Lacey Evans has uh, tried to come around and do the sucker punch thing. And, you know, Becky knows the feel of throwing the sucker punches. I can really respect certain elements of her character. Last week, she speaks on, you know, all of the superstars that didn't get as many opportunities at the championship. All gunning for her now. And then this week, she knows that you know she's done sucker punching in the past so all of these situations that these superstars are going through she's been there that sounds not only like a bit of what roman has experienced but also what drew mcintyre clearly always has been talking about but really starting to you know put the steam on recently and yeah, I've been there. I've been that complacent superstar. But Becky is, you know, just sharing because she's right now in that champion's position. And Drew, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity for a year now. So he wants to, you know, stake his claim for the championship. Now the thing is, I wouldn't say starting to settle, but now that we're starting to, you know, move forward in the new formation. But, um, yeah it was a good good promo from becky you know it works she is the man becky two belts we need to see uh the end ring uh i don't want to say tighten up i'm not gonna be too critical of it because there's so much going on but you know just watching how these women are you know getting physical without being too dangerous with each other i liked it i enjoyed it either way lacey evans uh Wait, no, this brings out I believe yeah, it's bring I think Lacey Evans comes out, talks some you know, talks her talk, but she hands out real life lessons. Now I can't remember the the life lessons about being a lady that she said, but I will say that she was really sharing something and this says again, WWE is giving true gems out to the people that are willing to listen. So, uh, you know, then Foxy comes out, shots to Foxy. I don't even wanna talk about the, the nonsense that happened. You know, everybody uh, makes mistakes every so often. And, hey, it's about how you attempt to redeem yourself. This is something that I've uh, been learning and I'm constantly walking with daily. So, hey, I'm not even trying to look at what happened. It was just good to see it back in the ring with the champ and uh, with the double champ, dual champion. But, well, pardon me, like I said, it was good to see him in there and they went at it. Uh, Becky picked up the victory with the disarm her, and as soon as that happened, in comes Lacey Evans with a punch to the face, two of them things, and you know, she walks out looking strong. Becky, you know, right now is uh, she she someone she's getting she's getting had you know like having to getting the best of her, but it does take like behind the back shots and out of nowhere shots to even get a hand on, you know, this badass that is Becky Two Belts. So it's, uh, you know, it's a good segment, good spots for all three. People might be a little mad at Foxy's in-ring work, but I know she's going to sharpen up because she she hasn't been in there for a little while, just getting re-won back up to, you know, the TV environment, if we get to see her on TV anytime soon. And, I mean, come on, she is the captain of the women's division, so she, you know, she she everybody's entitled to a bad night. But either way, like I said, I enjoyed that. Uh, Dana Brooke moved one step closer to the front of the line. So uh, let's get it to the next segment. Um, Alice the Black went back to SmackDown. Oh man, they actually broke up the tag team. Do you see you freaking internet? You guys actually got what y'all wanted. They were going to keep Alistair Black and Ricochet together. I didn't care either way. I would rather them have done that. I've been saying it. I would have liked to see them in each other's corner or whatever. But no, no. We got to go ahead and put Alistair Black on SmackDown, which isn't a problem. It's fine. But, you know, come on. You know, like, whatever. Everybody gets what they ask for in some senses, though. So it's fine. Either way, uh who is it ricochet in the ring with robert rude now i don't watch any other products so this is a new character to me i know that he has you know had other you know forms of this character and other promotions but we don't care about those we wear we we, we speak on where it counts so robert rude in ring he's rich he's uh he play boy he his mustache gets all of the hot chicks he reminds me of someone i can't get the damn hand on it right now i'm gonna think about it and i'll come back to you eventually but yeah it's it was it's a funny character i wonder what he'd have to say on the microphone i don't i'm not really thinking this glorious thing i don't want to speak down on it i respect it but i'm just not a huge fan of it in general I guess it doesn't really you know speak volumes to me like it's it, it it almost sours this new character. I mean, you could do the glorious thing but maybe not not pour it on so hard. You know, every so often bring it around like it's enough that the theme song is just that. So, eh, you know, it's a uh, you know it's a it's a it's a feel. But other than that, the Robert Rue character, I definitely enjoy I'm, I think it's funny. You know, and the mustache is just uh, hard to look at but I have no problem with it, you know, like, let it, let it be, I think that's what the whole, I think that's what it's there for, you know, it's supposed to be unsettling, (laughs) and yeah, it just fits somebody that looks like their name is Robert Rude, so, it's hilarious, and uh, it works, so, uh, he picked up the victory against Ricochet. I'm not mad Ricochet took an L on Raw. It is what it is. And Bobby Roode definitely needed that victory in the new singles run he's on. I think he could be a very, very impact impactful player. I think he could be something nice. And uh, I don't want to say lose all the time. I, if you switch back. Well, you know what? I don't want to call out anything. We'll just see how the storyline plays itself out in time. Yeah, all right, cool. So AJ Styles uh took on Baron Corbin, like I said earlier AJ Styles picked up the victory um, Baron Corbin is the, he was the perfect pick for the match, you know he's a Monday Night Raw competitor and it just it just makes sense to have him going and you know, be in that I believe it was uh, calf Crusher that picked up that victory, but either way, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of big spots, everyone was able to get all their moves off believe it was that Cav crusher. I can't really recall right now. Um, but again, all in all, AJ picked up the victory. I think that was really what mattered most. We all just wanted to see AJ win and uh be, you know, deemed as the first WWE superstar to go after Seth's Universal Championship. So that was Monday Night Raw. I enjoyed wait no hold the phone. the Firefly Funhouse look I'ma just let Bray do his thing people are speaking very highly on it I thought it was hilarious from what I saw it's got a lot of touches of exactly what a certain demographic is looking for It is the perfect balance of light and darkness. (laughs) And Bray is a perfect character to speak on being an ugly person at a time and ridding himself of that energy. So he is a better man. And we're going to see exactly how that translates in the coming weeks and episodes of Monday Night Raw. I'm very, very, very interested to see how the Bray character develops now that he's made reference to the old and he's showing us a complete and hilarious brand new. He's got his little witch doll He's got Mercy the Buzzard with the voices and everything. I really like where I like I just like the direction. I like the direction. It looks like they've taken their time in crafting this character. And I am very intrigued to see where the character is able to go. So. With that all, shout-outs to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. This is Blake. I will catch y'all next time. I had a million things to do today, and we're going to get started now. So, SmackDown Live tonight. Ensure you tune in. I think I'm going to start looking at when Worlds Collide also. It's highlighting some of the superstars that we might not have the time to get to see on television each week. But, all in all, like I said, I'll catch y'all next time, man. Peace.